Hello there. Hello there. And welcome to the latest episode of the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host this evening, Will Pinner, and I'm joined tonight by Bob D. All right. Welcome back. And Rich Polly. Hello there. So, um, what we're going to talk about on this episode is continuation, uh, basically points change. We're not going to go through points by points uh, because every podcast has had like three-hour marathons and all the rest of it are points by points. So if you want to check them out on all the other podcasts and crack on, you know what I mean? Um, what we're going to talk about is, or what you two are more, more going to talk about is um, what lists you've been trying, what we've seen uh, uh, popping up, arising at the club and, and in other uh, in other games. So, um Bob, what what have you seen? What have you noticed? Go for it. Um, well, after having sort of a couple of months off X Wing and just chilling out a little bit, it was really nice to come back to to the points update. And a lot has changed um, in a sense. In that, um, for me, it's all about scum, and the lists that people are playing are scum lists. Um, and there's there's really um, two things I'd, I'd want to talk about. Um, the first is a list that uh, our friend and friend of the show, Dave Sutcliffe, has been playing with, which is two basic uh, fang fighters together with three Sikhs or Skicks, whatever you want to call them. Um, two of them with Tractor, two of them with Ion. So you've got, with that list, six ships on the board. They've all got four health. They've all got three attack dice with the cannons and with the standard shots out of the, the fangs. And they've all got three evade dice, and there's six of them. And it's it's like a, a, a five-ship swarm in that it's got loads of attack dice, but it's like an eight-ship tie swarm in that it's got loads of defense, except it's got more health on those, those six chassis. And if you just take the raw stats... Uh, they are just better than a classic, super-efficient, basic Thai Academy Swarm. And then you throw in the fact they've all got an extra pip of health. And you think, those are six really scary ships. And with the points changes, uh, they now fit into a list. And they're hyperspace legal. And that is genuinely terrifying. Yeah, this is... Uh, It's worth pointing out that the Cartel Spacer which is basically what this is around, is the ship that's got the highest percentage decrease in points. So it's gone down by like between 10 and 11% in cost from 28 to 25. Um, that's a massive drop at that level. Um, you know, if you've got a 93-point ship or a dash or whatever, then it drops three points. You're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Um, that makes no difference. But when you're talking about a cartel spacer and you can knock three points off that, it makes a huge difference. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that's caused Dave to look at it in the first place um, is because, you know, it, it's had such a massive drop. Then you look at the Fang Fighter, it's also had a big drop um, comparative to its cost. It's gone down nearly 7% in cost for a zealous recruit from 44 to 41. So, um, you know, it's it, they're two ships that have had enormous drops and are still legal in hyperspace. There's a lot of other ships have had enormous drops, but they're not hyperspace legal in other factions. Um, so it's almost a perfect storm for these um, for these ships, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Scum's really interesting because um, they they are second to the resistance in terms of overall percentage drop, at about two point six percent overall. 
but the the resistance faction who is at over three percent in terms of total drop is all about the star fortress that's where the, the points have been carved off uh, resistance ships yeah but and it's, uh, still, it's the hyperspace legal stuff yeah in 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 resistance because you know i play a lot of resistance it's it's the star fortress there's a lot off a lot of the t70s but the the massive points drops that they've had um are on the scavenged yt 1300 and and yeah the the bomber um you know there's a 10 percent drop for the resistance sympathizer the 80 points you can stick three of them in a list now cracking um but they're not hyperspace legal uh, and the same with a lot of the upgrades and and things that they've changed you know big points drops no longer hyperspace legal so you know holdo dropped um ga97 the it's the resistance droid dropped um you know but big big points cost reduction you know ga97 went down from eight to six um so like a 25 percent reduction on that um but not hyperspace legal um so you know every everything it's it's just a bit it, yeah it's um it looks like scum have got the um the opportunity to do some real work in hyper in the hyperspace format well uh, yeah and maybe in other formats as well because um the event we had at fanboy three on sunday uh, which dave Sutcliffe won with that list so uh, congrats to him only a little sort of 10 man thing with with three rounds but uh, he took it um but that was uh, extended format um and a lot of people were running hyperspace lists but all the same uh, dave took it with that that four and two scum list um which just on you just look at it on its mathematical efficiency on paper and all right, the skip dials could be better, but they're not markedly worse than a TIE fighter dial. And the Fang fighter dial is considerably better than a TIE fighter dial. And then you throw in the, the hijinks with the, um, the cannons, and all of a sudden that list looks a super efficient, um, just raw jousting, you just can't kill me quick enough type of list. So that, that scares me. Um, and the second thing I would want to talk about in terms of, of a big change following the, the points is Jumpmasters. Um, and it is now, there's so many options with Jumpmasters and they're all pretty good. And for a ship that I have literally not seen on the board since 2.0 came out to suddenly be, oh, right, okay, um, how do I get that on the board? How do I make a list? Is, is quite exciting and it, and it really is like we've got a brand new ship with the Jumpmaster because of the changes they've made to uh, the cannon slot in particular. Well, I mean, you, you've seen it, right? The, the night of the points change, obviously I was a bit slightly, let's not go into it, but I was slightly salty about um, the, um, the change to Separatist. But then I had a look at the scum and I think within an hour and a half I'd spoke to someone on the phone we threw about some ideas and I think I'd message you my the list with the jump masters, Bob, you know, yeah. It, it, yeah. it was, it wasn't a surprise with the, the points change and the cannon slot being added that, you know, it, it, it's just, it has just become so much more viable all of a sudden and it, it which never was before, I don't think, because everything else is better. And then with the limited format of hyperspace added to that, it now becomes, a ship that you would definitely look at. Oh, uh, it's, I mean, let's just talk a little bit about the, the list potential with the jump masters. Um, I, I guess the, the starting point is to take Dengar because I six is good. And then to take the new pilot who's not out yet, but will be legal for the Sith taker open. 
who is non lum, yeah. um, who, who flips his arc to anything that's shot at him, who's a I1. And then you stick ion cannons on everything, and you've still got room for contraband cybernetics on, uh, on, on Dengar's ship. And that takes you to either 199, 200 points, something like that. But you've got 36th health behind two green dice. You've got four large bases, all with a 180-degree arc because they've got their turret in addition to the, the cannon that's sticking out the front, and they've got ion potential. That is a brilliant starting point, but it's only the starting point with those ships. Um, because so you, you flew that... You flew that on Tuesday. How did you actually find it after a couple of games? Because you went oh, to one in a, in yeah, a three-round thing, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I think a couple of things uh, about Tuesday night. First of all, the game I lost was one I lost because of poor target selection. I was against Michael Upton, uh, who was running Boba Fett, um, a Jumpmaster, and uh, an I-4 Fang. And because we, can only, we only have time to run one hour, games on Tuesday night, the wise thing would have been to pop his Jumpmaster, then pop his Fang Fighter and see where I was up to with Bobba. And in fact, I did it in exactly the opposite order and didn't get through Bobba, which is why I lost that game. Uh, but as um, first of all, as a play experience, having four of those big bases, all with barrel roll potential, all with lots of opportunities to shoot, all with decent green dice and decent health, all you you feel powerful on the board with those four ships so the start point is it's fun to play and the second point is it it's generally it feels mathematically to be um a superior kind of list with having those four on the board but the more exciting thing for me is the options that that basic list has because i think you can drop um drop dengar as a pilot which opens up the possibility of putting Dengar crew on uh, onto uh, Nom Lum. And Dengar crew works brilliantly with Nom Lum. It syncs perfectly with his ability because he's always uh, switching his arc uh, to face um, whatever shot at him. And that means that he's also doing that with Dengar. And he switches the arc as soon as he becomes defender. Uh, so Dengar will always proc when where he's on Nom Lum. So that's exciting. The other thing is, um, do you really need I-6 with that list? Because you're occupying so much board space that you've, you've got control just by being on the board, let alone, you know, forget the ions for a second. The fact that you've got four large bases really controls the space that your opponent can move into. And with that, you don't really need I-6 too much. And then you can save some more points by sticking uh, Teltravura in instead of uh, Dengar. And he's really good value for points now, uh, bearing in mind his ability not only to come back to life, but also to go to the, your own edge when he, when he comes back on. That opens up some very interesting choices about where the, the best place to conduct your battle is and how much you want to expose Tell to, to uh, enemy fire. It's, it's exciting stuff, I mean, it really is. I, I, I can't help, and, and I hear everything that you're saying, and you're clearly very passionate about this weird toilet bowl-shaped spaceship. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I have its dial in front of me, and I have its action bar in front of me. And when this ship gets stressed, it is so predictable. Um, it, it has to go left, it has to bank or go straight, 
if you're going to barrel roll into space, you're going to be blocked up. If you're going to need to rotate your turret unless you're numb, you're going to be stressed, which means you're going to be predictable. You can't turn right at all. You can't K-turn or sloop without being stressed, and that leaves you predictable. I get that you don't need to do that when you've got four of them. I just think that a lot of people have forgotten what they needed to do to make Jumpmasters a little bit sad, and it's turn zero stuff. It's not, you know... I need to fly my ships in a certain way or I need to build my list in a certain way. It's I need to clog up that bit of the board and make them actually go somewhere and deploy somewhere um, where I can actually get round to their left <laughs> or to their right, sorry, and make them turn the wrong way or make yeah. them do something. And well. when they had the better dial, you, that was the way to fly against jump masters. And now the punishment of having to turn your jump master right is so huge um, I, I just, I can't see, I can't see this winning. Um, I think okay. it'll be a really solid squad. I think it'll take you through a lot of rounds and a lot of tournaments. But then I think you're going to hit a top level player, a, a, like a genuinely good player who's played against Jumpmasters in the past and is just going to pick you apart. And they'll pop your ships one at a time and they'll end up just sitting where you can't shoot them. Um because your ships can't turn around in that direction. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, I, I know I'm, exactly I'm, what you mean. Yes, and I've, I've given that quite a lot of thought. Um, the, of course, you are setting up to circle the board in an anti-clockwise direction, and rather like the um, double shadow caster list in 1.0, what it is, it's about tightening a circle. You, you start off floating around the board edge, and when you get your target that you need. You gradually make the circle smaller and smaller until that target has limited escape options and you are absolutely nuking it. The problem, of course, is where do you go once you've nuked that target? And that's when you have to get creative and that's when you have to start looking at um, sloops and, and K-turns and all that sort of stuff. But I have to say, I've, I'm not like anybody at this stage. I'm, I'm not massively into... Um, how the points changes have, have made an impact on on the game, and I'm not looking to forecast where we're going to be in in three months' time. But at the moment, the strategy of setting them up at the back of a board edge, rolling around to the right, rolling up the right flank, aiming to roll across the back of the board. If the opponent comes into the middle of the board, where if you've done your turn zero right, all the rocks are, and he's made life difficult for himself. Okay, tremendous. You can then decide the point at which to tighten the circle, and it, it is definitely a weakness in the ship that turning right is not what it wants to do. I mean, it definitely doesn't want to do a hard one right because that's red, but it can do a hard two. That's okay. Um, but it doesn't like doing. No, that, the... that's that's red as well. The hard one and hard two are red. If are it's turning red? right, okay. it's, yeah. If, if it's yeah. turning right, it's banking. Okay. So. Um, yeah. All right. Um, but the it, it, they occupy so much territory on the board that turning to the right is not a drama. Don't do it. I mean, I am a man it's, who I've, will turn left, left, and left again to get on the major exit from my, my house rather than turn right and right again. You know, I'll do the extra left. It, it works. Um, it's slightly longer out of my front drive, but hey-ho. It, it, you can get to the same place. It just takes a little bit longer, and you, you have the option to make a decision. I don't dispute it's a weakness. I absolutely don't dispute that. It would be nonsense to say... Other than that, um, you know, the, the inability to turn turn right without taking a stress 
is a disadvantage. I, but it's about. I think they're a bit like they're a bit like the quad U wings, aren't they? I mean, an enormous amount of real estate, the ability to really gum the board up and to turn on a on a sixpence if they want to in order to keep guns on target. Because um, I mean, you know, you, you've still got your um, your rotate action that you can just deploy um, off a link. So you know, you're you're always going to be rotating. Um, so you know you you can keep guns on target, and I think it is going to be a strong list. Um, as as I said before, you know you can't doubt the the raw stats of you know nine health behind two agility, and then you stick that on the board four times. Um, well, I so yeah. I played th- I played three games on Tuesday, and I used the rotate action once. The beauty um, the beauty of it is, Rich, is like we obviously using the cannon slot now. You don't need to rotate that arc. You can put a cannon. In the front arc. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Um, I mean, I was watching Bob playing because I was on by the first round. So I was watching Bob playing his first game. And um, Keith did a great job of basically flying into into your ion cannons. Um, and you said, thank you very much. And I owned two of his ships and took them off the board the next turn. Um, so, I you just know, feel a bit and, sad for Poe Dameron. Yeah, but, you know, literally you were the only person because, you know, Never mind, Apo. If you're gonna fly in there, I mean, yeah, Poe Dameron might be rock. the yeah. Poe might be the greatest pilot in the galaxy. But if the person controlling where he puts his ship sticks him behind a rock in range two of three ion cannons, then he's gonna be a sad but handsome man, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Well, he, he was definitely a handsome man. Um, and it, it, I mean, I learned a lot from that game. Um, in that, it, coming back to to play next wing after after a couple of months of, of being off doing other stuff. Um, I'm not talking about Galaxy's Edge, but just to be clear to anyone listening, it's not a case of whether you're going, it's just a case of when. Um, you know, I've been been off not playing X-Wing too much and then coming back and getting my eye back in, um, the the jump masters felt extremely kind. Cool. So, um, enough about jump masters, because this is going to turn into a jump master episode. Um, it almost already has. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do it, else? let's do it. <laughs> Welcome back to Jump Master, full episode. <laughs> I think there's two. I think there's two people in the UK who are happy to see the Jump Masters back, Bob, and you're one of them. And I'm the other. <laughs> um, I was oh, thinking no, no, there no, might be Tom. Well, as well. I don't, yeah. I don't, I, no, I don't. I don't worry anyone. But I've had some quite long chats with Jack Mooney about Jump Masters and how they can be made to a very good list. Yeah, I don't know if you're scared on. of that. Christ. Uh, Rich, what have you found? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've I've had two opportunity to fly two lists, and the first thing I put on the table was five X wings, because um, you know mm. you could. So um, oh, I, I played against an extended list with it, and it just mopped the floor with the five X wings. It was three aces that were moving after the X wings, and. Uh, oh, it, it didn't go well. I mean, I've listened to the most recent 186 podcast and Alex Burt is saying, you know, it's still good. Um, and he's played 5X a lot more than me and is probably a much better player than me. So um, it might be that there's something to it, but I find that the the low initiative 5X wings are just the list now that everybody is looking at and thinking, I need to figure out how to beat that. So if you're going to take it to a tournament, you need to be damn good with it um, because everybody has thought about what they need to do in order to beat that list. Um, so, you know, people are um, teching their list so that it's got higher initiative so that you can initiative kill one in the open engagement or, you know, they're thinking about 
you know, do I put in some tractors or do I do something with my list in order to to screw over those low initiative but powerful excellence? Um, I find them just too variable. You know, you've got them flying around at I2 or whatever it is um, with a focus um, and, you know, variance happens. Um, and if you're rolling blanks and eyeballs um, or blank, you know, two blanks and a hit or whatever, it doesn't matter if you've got a focus token sitting there and it gets a bit irritating um, with, you know, just losing. And I, I don't, wouldn't say I lost the game because of because of variance. I was, I was outflown um as well but i just didn't get on with it so um i'm saved myself 16.99 i'm not gonna buy another x-wing packet just to get <laughs> another dial um so you know and if i do want to go back to the list i might look at flying it with a support ship of some description um so you know an extended looking at putting um, a sheath of peed with leia or something else in there that's a bit different uh mixing it up a bit um so yeah the other thing i flew and I flew it on Tuesday night because I thought it might be fun. And it turned out that it was fun, but incredibly frustrating was um, <laughs> three CLT Jedi and um, Broadside. So Broadside's an, an amazing piece and he, he remains an amazing piece. And, and I was perfectly happy with him. Um, but I had Anakin, not Anakin, Obi-Wan, Plo Koon and Luminara with CLT, basically. Um, yeah, you and you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no regen, <laughs> no regen, nothing oh, like that, you know. Oh, well, I mean, they whiz about and they, you know, they're, you're throwing dice and, you know, you're flying around and, you know, it's supposed to be me having a bit of a laugh. And it was fun to control them for, a, for the first three or four turns um, in each game that I played. So I played two games with them. And flying them about and whizzing them about was great fun. And then you make the choice that you're going to, you know, kill box somewhere or, or dive them in and start trying to get... Um, things um, and we shouldn't complain about dice but I rolled quite a lot of blanks and when you've got a CLT and a focus you're thinking just paint please any paint um, and I'll Is this be a happy. conversation where you're not blaming variants for your loss? I'm totally not blaming variants for my loss um, okay. I made Carry some on. Carry on not blaming I'm, variants. This is I made some podcast all right? <laughs> well, no, I, made, I made some I made some questionable decisions that if I'd got average or above average dice I might have been able to initiative kill some ships um, and then probably still would have lost my ships but you know I, I flew against producer Tim and I also flew against uh, Ben Hibbert um, so you know they're both good players and both of them um, punished the slight swing um, that the game took in their favour after um, a couple of turns of blank dice for me basically. Um, everything evened out in terms of variance after that but I was unable to pull it back and yeah you know Tim and Tim and Ben are both very good players so they won deservedly. I'm not saying that you know I outflew them but the dice beat me or whatever that's not what happened um so i've put both of those lists just back in the box now and i've um i've reached back in so for hyperspace i've just got the ships out that i enjoy flying so i'm looking at keeping up with broadside and matchstick because i like them um i'm looking at getting little anakin back out um because he's not really been impacted by the points changes um i think the regen droid goes up one point and that was the only real change to him um can't get uh, so you still get passive sensors, proton torpedoes, and and all that stuff for like sixty two points. Um, you lose crack shot, but that's that's fine. But he's still really good. Um, and then I'm looking at pushing some other stuff in. Interestingly, in hyperspace, I've been looking at putting dedicated on one of the uh, seventh squadron arcs because um, I was looking at the Naboo handmaidens, and then I realised that I could get a dedicated seventh squadron arc for three points more. 
and they've got a three dice gun and can actually do some work where a Naboo handmaiden's going to fly around and occasionally, if you're lucky, maybe throw an evade at somebody. Um, so I'm thinking I'm going to give that a bit of a fly out next time round. Um, and also looking at battle meditation on Obi-Wan Kenobi with two Naboo, Naboo Bravos with proton torpedoes. That'll be fun. See how that works. Interesting. Hot nonsense. Absolute hot nonsense. It's like cruise missiles in first edition. <laughs> Basically, you need to you need to have an evade to live to fire your torp, so you have to go speed three. <laughs> so it's all about trying to time that that jump forward where you get your focus and your evade, and then you can uh, Obi can cruise up and get you your target lock afterwards. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I think it'll be fun. Um, it's and then I have control. nothing wrong with yeah. control. And, I need to. Swing. I mean, that's that's why. Um, t- uh, the Harpoon missiles were, were a good thing for X-wing. It's all about range control. Ah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not even taking that bait. No chance. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it. it we, we need to start thinking about you know lists for the Sith Taker open because it's in what two weeks, um, yeah. and it's extended. Yes. So and it's sold out as well. I know. <laughs> Absolutely so, fully sold out. 100 people coming to Element to play six <coughs> rounds of X Wing on Saturday and then cut on the Sunday with side events. I mean, it's worth saying if anybody does want to come and they don't have a ticket to get in touch with us because there will inevitably be people who can't come or who contact us late and say work's changed or kids have caused a problem or whatever, so I can't come. Um, but if you haven't got a ticket now, you need to be getting in touch with us if you want to come. Don't risk turning up on the day because we will have a full house. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're coming for the X-Wing, though. I think they're coming for the cocktails. Uh, they will be pretty good. I'm cautiously optimistic, having made quite a few of them myself already. Um, <laughs> one, Sounds the, like you've uh, had a few as well, Bob. Oh, well, I have, mate. I have. Uh, the, the Rodian Splice I can totally recommend. I can totally recommend Rodian Splice. Also, the uh, the port in the storm um, is uh, quite excellent. So yeah, they'll be fun. I am I am genuinely excited for the cocktails and a proper barman making them. So they're testing better than when I do them. I mean, I just thinking about the Sith Taker open. I've genuinely no idea what I'm going to bring to it. With it being extended, oh, it's going to be bonkers. It's going to be the Wild West um, well, with the points changes. Exactly what I'm bringing. Is it I'm- four jump masters? Will no, I'm bringing myself. Oh. So, <laughs> so um, I'm not actually playing at the Sith Taker Open. I've taken one for the team, let my ticket go, and I'm going to be running the stream. So if there is people out there who aren't going to be able to make it and all the rest of it, um, we're going to be putting the stream on and we're going to be streaming all the get, all the events from Saturday and Sunday in the top 16 as well. Um, so, yeah. Anyone out there, you can listen to me drone on all what, Saturday. Um, is that going to be on the Spud Gun? That will be on the Spud Gun Sniper, yeah. Um, and that, we'll put that out on Facebook um, and the links to it on Facebook on Saturday. No, no it won't be on Spud Gun Sniper. <laughs> what, what will it be <laughs> under? Producer Tim, send me the message. <laughs> It could be under the Element Game stream, or it could be under one that we've not yet set up. So, so it may be one not set up yet. Uh, stay tuned for details. We will put it up on the event, though. We will put it up in the UK and Ireland, and on um, 
on X-Wing Ready Room. I'll try and get it out as many places as we can before we go live so people can tune in. And what's the games? Uh, we do have the world champion there, so I'm damn sure I'll probably get him on stream at some point. Uh, we do have a few other people that I want to get on stream, so yeah. Uh, Plus some of your favourite podcast hosts. Some, some so you of my can watch us, being, watch us being humiliated by... Uh, <laughs> if, if I get the some other people Bob on stream, I'm going to take it. I'm going to find his worst match-up and then I'm going to put him on stream. <laughs> there, are no bad, there are no bad match-ups. There are no bad match-ups to my list. I, I refuse to accept it is anything other than dominant, powerful, overbearing, uh, oppressive, to use the will word, is, I is, am is confident a, that it's going to perform. <laughs> and that's why you love it so much. <laughs> it's, it's, I was talking yeah. about the list, not you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be really nice, uh, obviously, having people. We've got people coming up from Denmark and Ireland. We've got people from up down south, um, even venturing up from down south to... Um, to Equatorial come England. Yeah, teach them that a biryani really does I think- an omelette on it. <laughs> there's not there's not that many who've figured out how to get outside the tube network just to quote the 186 from their latest podcast so um but you know alex burt is is are you hosting alex Bob, uh yeah again alex and ollie uh are staying with me as is um friend of the show julian hood um rep- uh, representative of team england so very pleased julian's uh, managing to make it outside the m25 although to be fair He's travelled all the way to London from Australia, so coming 200 miles up here is is, is not a big deal. Um, so yeah, that's it's like nipping to the corner shop for him, isn't it? Well, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, when he was living in Aussie, he would travel further than that and just go to the pictures. So, <laughs> so well, obviously, looking forward to the Sift Acre Open. Um, no doubt, we'll mention it um, on on the podcast again before we actually have the event because it's two weeks away not one tim um and um yeah that'll that be was, great that was a rare that was a rare administrative lapse by producer tim getting the date wrong that's why i've got to make the most of it uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um well that's uh, that's it for tonight uh, this uh, this episode um all that's left to say is goodbye from bob yeah we should record friday night more ta-da <laughs> goodbye from Rich goodbye mate thank you and goodbye from myself Will um, until the next time on the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast ta-da ta-da